Welcome back to the Grand Valley Church Podcast, a community of faith in Brandon, Manitoba. We hope this message helps you meet Jesus and grow in faith. Your heart is pounding. You feel like you're going to die. You are in the middle of the scariest thing you've ever experienced in a long time, maybe ever. You don't know how you're going to get through it. Where did this storm come from? You weren't expecting it. You thought you knew how things were going to go, and you were so, so wrong. You need someone to fix this, and you need it now. How many of us can sympathize with these feelings? Life can be unpredictable. I think all of us can think of a time where we were overwhelmed and we didn't know what we were going to do. So today, in light of that universal feeling, we are going to explore a story from the Bible. Not a fictional story that was used to illustrate a point in one of Jesus' sermons, but an actual event that happened to Jesus and his disciples. It's the third installment in our summer series where we are exploring water stories. And this morning's water story is when Jesus calmed the storm. How fitting that we are in the middle of a storm right now. If you'd like to take notes and join the conversation, I invite you to look up, uh, look up our event in the YouVersion Bible app. And there'll be some scriptures in there and some questions that you can respond to if you'd like. So the story that we're going to be going through today is documented in three out of four of the accounts of Jesus' ministry, in the accounts of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We will be mostly looking at Luke's account this morning. So this is how the story starts. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. What they were crossing was the Sea of Galilee, and it's relatively small. It's 13 miles long, long, 7 miles wide, and about 150 feet deep, and it's 650 feet below sea level. Being on the water was a normal occurrence for them, and some of the disciples, about four of them, were fishermen, so they were definitely used to being on the water, and they knew this lake. In fact... This sea usually had about 300 fishing boats on it at once. This was a well-traveled, well-used lake. The boat that they were in wasn't tiny. It was large enough to hold all 13 of them, and it was powered by oats and a sail. Uh, not oats. Oars and sails. So they were used to it. As they sailed across the sea, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. To give you an idea of the kind of storm that they were experiencing, sudden storms can happen in the Sea of Galilee because of the way that it's set up. They're so low, below, they're so low between, uh, by sea level and they've got mounts around them so storms can kind of suddenly appear. And being trapped in the basin, the winds can be deadly to fishermen. In fact, not in biblical times, in 1992, there was a storm at the Sea of Galilee that was 
so serious that 10-foot waves crashed into downtown Tiberias. So that's the town that's on this edge of Sea of Galilee in 92 had 10-foot waves crashing into downtown. So when you think of actually being on the water and the type of storm that could be there, when Luke says that they were in real danger, that is not an exaggeration. This was bad. It was bad enough that the disciples, some of who are fishermen are used to being on the water, they woke up Jesus and they said, Master, Master, we're going to drown. They were worried. It's rather amazing that he was still sleeping. Now I mentioned just a few moments ago how three of the four Gospels have this story. And all of them have slight differences in the way they recount what happened. Just like if you have three different people that went to a party, you'll get a slightly different version for them of what happened because different things stick into their mind. So in Mark, he actually says this part like this. Jesus was sleeping at the back of a boat with his head on a cushion. He makes point to say that he's comfortable. And the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? Don't you care? Have you ever wanted to say that to God? Have you ever wondered where he is, what he's doing, why it seems like he doesn't even care? The disciples did. And they seemed a little miffed here when they wake Jesus up. Shouldn't he be caring about this? And then when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. This is not that naturally the storm ended. Even if the winds died down, it would take a while for the water to settle. But everything was calm after he rebuked it. That was a miracle. And then after he did that, he asked them, where is your faith? I want to point out that even though he chastised them for their lack of faith, their lack of faith didn't stop, uh, affect his stopping the storm. Some people think that there's a certain level of faith that we need to have when we're asking God to help us. Whatever that level might be, the disciples didn't have it here. And it wasn't an insurmountable hurdle for Jesus that they didn't have it. He stepped in and stopped the storm anyway. And after he stopped the storm, the disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man, they asked each other, when he gives the command, even the wind and waves obey him? It can seem odd to us when we read this story that they were so amazed. They saw Jesus heal people. They saw him turn water into wine. They saw miracles already. But part of the reason that they were so amazed and so terrified is that in their Jewish scripture, being able to calm the seas was something that was frequently attributed to God as his amazing power. When Jonah tried to run from his calling to preach to Nineveh, as Brian spoke about a couple of weeks ago, God caused the storm to calm. Many times in the Psalms, Yahweh is celebrated, that's 
the, their name for God, as the master of the storm and the sea. So even though they'd seen him do miracles before, seeing him do this felt like something extra special. This was something divine, what he did with that storm. They had been with him for so long, listening to him teach, following him around, seeing him do miracles, but they still had no idea who he really was and what he could do. How many of us think we know who Jesus is, but we don't actually know him? How many of us are spending our time freaking out as we look at the huge waves that life is battering us with, when instead we should be looking at Jesus and finding out what he thinks of them, knowing that he can deal with them? A couple of months ago, I went to an excellent workshop on childhood anxiety. If you know me well, you've probably heard me reference it already, because I thought it was fantastic. The instructor, a child psychologist, she shared many things with us, but one of the things that she shared is that in times of stress, children look to the person in charge to see if they should be worried. They take their cues from their caregivers about whether or not they need to be worried and how they should handle the concern when they are. Sometimes, a child might be under the impression that no matter the age of those involved, they, the child, are the one in charge. They consider everything to be on their shoulders, not that of their caregivers. They don't look to anyone else because they think that they are the alpha, is the word that she described, that she used. In those cases, they tend to have a lot more anxiety than other children because they think that they need to be the one that's in control. And I think whether you're 10 33 or 63, feeling like everything rests on your shoulders, especially when things start going wrong and you have no control or you think the person who's in charge is unwilling or unable to do anything about it, that's terrifying. But I have news for you. You are not in control. You do not have the power to stop all the storms that you will experience in life. None of us have the power to stop this storm right now. It is happening. It will happen till it's done. There are some things in our life that we cannot stop. We don't have the power. We are not in control. But there is one who is. If we are able to develop the practice of focusing on him instead of our storms, we will have way less to worry about, no matter what craziness we are going through. Now, if Christianity is new to you, you may wonder what in the world that means, or how in the world someone looks to or focuses on someone they can't see. Or maybe you've grown up going to church and you heard the phrase, turn your eyes upon Jesus or look to God, but you still have no idea what in the world that means or how someone would do it or why in the world that would actually make a difference in your life. To help, I've come up with a list of four things that you can focus on when you're looking to Christ or focusing on God, and it's not an exhaustive list, but I hope it will give you the tools to understand how this can actually change things for you. First, 
we can notice Christ's love. One of the things you can think about instead of your storm is to look to God and think about the fact that Jesus told us that the greatest commandments revolve around love and that the entirety of the law that was given to God's people could be fulfilled by loving. Love is important to God. The fact that God sent Jesus, his son, to die so that we could be in relationship with him. That Jesus was willing to do it. There's that kind of love there. In Ephesians 3, Paul says that he prays that the Ephesian church would be able to understand how wide, how long, how deep, how high God's love is and that nothing can separate us from his love. There's a lot to think about there. We could spend a lot of time thinking about God's love, learning about God's love, reading the Bible, praying that we would understand it more. If we do that, that makes a difference. The second thing we can look at is we could notice Christ's power. Jesus had and has the power to heal sickness, forgive sin, deliver souls, stop storms in their tracks, redeem humanity, conquer death, and bring eternal abundant life. If he has the power for those things, he has the power to handle our storms. Are we wise enough to look to him for the solution instead of ourselves? We can read the Bible to learn about what he did, and we can listen to the stories of others to learn about what he's done and what he is doing. That makes a difference. We can notice Christ's perspective. God's ways are not our ways. That is a quote that we like to use. But we can think about it. What does he know? What does he care about? Things that terrify us are not as big of a deal to God. Why? He sees things differently than we do. He has a divine vantage point that we don't. How might that be applicable to us in our current storms? Are we able to humble ourselves and think about his place, who he truly is, and how much he knows? Acknowledge that it's more than we know. One of my favorite verses, possibly because I'm not great at living it, but one of my favorite verses is, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. That is a scripture that comes to me all the time, all the time. Am I trusting God? Am I acknowledging him? Am I considering how he views things? And is that changing how I approach the storms in my life? Another thing we can do is to notice Christ's faithfulness. You may not know this, but pretty much the entire Bible is the story of God's faithfulness. He created humanity, and Adam and Eve messed things up. Then he called out a group of people to be his own people, to be Israel, and be a light to all the nations, and they messed up repeatedly. He had a prophet marry a prostitute who kept cheating on him to demonstrate the relationship that he had with these people, and yet still he was faithful. 
and then he sent Christ. And we still have a tendency to mess up. You may be in a situation where you are thinking that you've messed things up too badly, that whatever storm you are in is totally your fault, and that God wants nothing to do with you. I challenge you that if that is where you think you are at, focus on God's faithfulness. Read the Bible with it in mind. Pray and tell him your concerns. Jesus told a story himself. The story of the lost son who messed things up royally and was still welcomed back with open arms. We need to notice Christ's faithfulness. Even if you don't know it right now for yourself, allow me to tell you right now, God is faithful. No matter what, if you want to pursue a relationship with God again, he is willing. So I'd like to discuss this, all of us. We have Alan, he's got a mic back there, and uh, he'll go around if anyone has anything to say so that we'll all be able to hear it, especially with the storm, it'll be good. Um, And before I ask you guys to share a story, because I'd love to hear some stories, I just want to check. Does anyone have any questions about this? Because we want to be a place where we can discuss faith, we can discuss our doubts, we can discuss things. So if anyone has any question, I may not have the answer, but I'm willing to hear it right now. I was told once that it takes 10 seconds, so I'll wait 10 seconds. Um, you, can also ask, you can also ask any questions on the Uversion app if you'd like. Okay, we'll move on to our discussion. Um, If anyone wants to answer this one, you can, if we move on. I just didn't know if anyone would say this. I assume that the answer might be yes for many of us. Have you ever felt like God didn't care? Someone on our app said no, but I felt like I didn't understand his intentions. I did talk to someone. I mentioned, um, as I was talking about the offering and the giving, the the generosity and how it makes a difference, Someone mess- it was actually late at night, she messaged me, and she's like, I have these feelings, and I don't know what to do with them. And I said, well, actually, I'm going to be speaking on storms on Sunday, and this is the thoughts I have so far. And she's like, wow, I have been thinking that every day. God, don't you care? So some of us do. But some of us also have stories when he proved that he did when he proved his love, when he proved his power, when he proved that even though you didn't understand his attentions, he had your back, that his perspective was higher than ours can be, and when he proved his faithfulness. And I would like to hear from you because I think this is important. If you have the Uversion app, you will notice that I put a scripture in there that I did not put up here. But I'm going to read it for you now. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. 
harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them exalt him publicly before the congregation and before the leaders of the nation. Is there anyone who is willing to share a story of a storm that God has brought you through? I'll read what someone shared in our uh, version event. In my early 20s, I attempted to take my life by jumping off a 13th floor balcony. I had one leg over the railing, but then something stopped me. I was too depressed back then to figure out what. But now, I believe it was God that stopped it from happening. Praise God. I'm glad he did. Does anybody else have a story? Melissa? Right here. When I left the church I grew up with, and I was pretty much shunned from them, and I'd grown up with them, they were like my family, and I got severely depressed because, I mean, is this what Christians are supposed to be? I didn't want anything to do with Christianity. Um, I was depressed enough to consider suicide, and uh, God kept bringing Christians into my life and you know I did check out a few churches just to see what these churches were although I had been taught all my life that these churches were bad it was full of wolves and all that and I just I mean God kept showing me his love and his faithfulness all through this period and I didn't want to see it at the time but I sure see it now and now that uh and he's just brought me through that and showed me his love. Thanks for sharing. Nikki over here. We're going to make Ellen run around. Um, I'm trying to decide what to share because I think the older you get and the more you're willing to take a risk on God, the more that you see him bring you through. And some things have been quick and some things have been years long. And those long-suffering waiting and that long-suffering patience and believing that it will come, it will come. And, and some prayers that have taken things Steve and I have waited on years and years that come to pass. Um and I think that we do, we go through these things and we can ask God to walk alongside us. Because I really feel if you want a testimony of God in your life, he's going to make it hard. Because that's how you get the story of his faithfulness. So I have lots of things I could share here as I've asked God for an interesting testimony and stories of his, his faithfulness. He has given me many opportunities to have to trust in him and that's very hard. Um, so one, maybe this one wasn't easier, well, hard in some ways, when like the whole reason we had to move here, we did not plan to live in Brandon. I had, we were both from Winnipeg. I had all my kids' schools planned out. I knew where they would be until they were 18 and out of the house, and it was all very comforting to me. And 
Steve came home one day and said, oh, surprise, I might only be able to get half time in my current position. And I don't know how all of your homes work, but we couldn't make half time work with a day's notice. And I had been through enough at that point and seen God's faithfulness enough in long, long waiting and in short waiting that I said, great, get a bottle of wine on your way home because God will be faithful to us, which he thought was pretty funny. I was like, no, God's going to do it. The next day, my faith started to waver. But that day, I was like, no, God's going to bring us through. And then it was literally the next day that Steve came home and sort of jokingly said, well, there's a job in Brandon that's just sitting vacant that nobody else wants. (laughs) And we took it, and here we are. And that's a longer story than that. But it's one of many stories of trusting that God is working on something, that the things that I've been surprised by, he has never been surprised by. And that when I lay it before him and don't try and force it and jam it and mash it together in my own controlling way, he is bringing it together. He is moving the pieces. He is caring for me. He is setting our feet on a safe place and a solid rock. Thank you for sharing. Does anybody else have a story? So for many years, I uh, jumped around from job to job because I never really landed where um, I always had a reason why I didn't like my job or my employer or whatever it was. I uh, couldn't hold anything down. And uh, getting frustrated with it because having kids and a wife, they uh, seem to like some kind of stability on that <laughs> on that front. And so... Just through, even through my uh, healing uh, of of my past and different stuff, God gave me a promise. Um, Ecclesiastes five eighteen to twenty, and I'll read it for you. It's uh, in my devotions one day. I got just read that particularly. So read Ecclesiastes five eighteen to twenty. It says, even so, I've noticed one thing. At least that it is good. It is good for people to eat drink and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life that God has given them and to accept their lot in life. And it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy, to enjoy your work and accept your lot in life. This is indeed a gift from God. God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they have to, they, they take no time to brood over the past. And so I was like, oh, I was all excited. Great, God, thank you for that promise. And, uh, and it didn't happen. <laughs> And so I continue to pray into that, continue to pray into that. I said, God, you promised. When are you going to give me this? I was frustrated and angry because it didn't happen. It took forever, it seemed like. And two years later, um, I was looking for work, and that's how we ended up in Brandon. And now it's been... Almost two years we've been here, but it feels like it's just gone by so quickly. And he's fulfilled that promise in my life. Praise God. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else have a story? Well, today's service and this God's message has just been for me. I've been having a particularly very difficult week this week at work. And 
it's been so encouraging god has always proven himself to be caring loving me taking care of me at my workplaces uh, in the in the past and even in through this but last week has just not been very easy for me i am so thankful to god for speaking with me this morning confirming that he cares and that i just have to look up to him thank you can i yeah <laughs> i didn't know she was putting up a hand i was doing this strange oh my goodness okay we back uh, maybe about 13 14 years back i think we were living in uh, in uh, damascus in syria so we had a good time as family and suddenly we found ourselves out of job out of country and we had to leave the country very quickly and so um i'm trying to make this very quick um so we family went back to india and uh, they were my children out of school for 8 months and uh, kajal there with her parents and i was in dubai searching for a job um it was tough time i remember counting pennies like one dirham is about 30 cents and i was counting 30 cents at a time so it was tough um 13 days before my visa expired i got a job praise god for that and family came and it was amazing the way god looked after me at that during that time support from church and uh, when we came we got into a wonderful church and we grew spiritually amazingly in dubai and then here we are in canada now what i'm trying to explain is uh, share is that god on hindsight today i'm sitting 2020 vision god's got an amazing purpose he had an amazing purpose for us as family at that time when we were going through we had no idea just like the story and i'm sure that uh, even the disciples and they didn't have an idea of what's how is going to impact so many of us sitting 2000 years away so god's got an amazing sovereign long term purpose and a plan and a vision and so when we go through any of those things and on hindsight we realize what the reason was for those difficult times and we can be sure that any of us are going through this maybe hundreds of years later it will be an amazing uh, amazing thing for somebody else who's looking at our story mm-hmm. thank you for sharing both of you i do think that the stories are important like you said this story that happened so long ago is still encouraging us 2000 years later but also we have people you know people whether they are here or not who are going through storms maybe it's you maybe it's not but when we are able to share these stories they help people who are in a storm and can't see further it helps them know that it could take 2 years and you could be mad and you could be angry but in your case it did happen just not in your timing and with you same thing you had no idea what was going to happen and yet god was faithful and being able to share those stories is important i think for us but also for those around us before we move on does anyone else have any other stories that you would like to share We'll move on to the next question. What can you 
Is there anything today that occurred to you that you feel like that you should pursue? What can you do this week to focus more on Jesus and less on the storms? Does anyone have an action plan that you think that you should be pursuing? Oh, good. I'm glad you all don't need to improve at all in this. This message was for me. Amen. I'll receive it. (laughs) But I, for me, part of it is just spending more time in the Word and actually sometimes picking an aspect of God that I want to learn more about. So that even if I'm not going through a storm right now, when I do, I'll be able to remember those stories. And making sure that I take the time to talk to others, to know what they're going through, to know what they've been through, and to know what God has done. So that's my step. And it's not just going to be this week, but it's something that I want to pursue. And I hope that you guys have something like that too. So thank you to all of you who did share. I'm going to invite uh, Nikki and Steve to come back up and sing an, an older song that you might know if you've spent some years going to church. If not, it only has very few words, and it really fits what we were talking about today. But I encourage you this week, and as we sing the songs, I'll come back up and dismiss us once we're done. But I encourage you to think about Christ and what you could be doing to be keeping your eyes on him instead of the storms that you encounter. Turn your eyes to the all-knowing, all-powerful, loving God and know that wherever you are, you are not alone. You do not need to do this on your own. Control is not yours. Let's look to him. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in His wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory and grace your faithfulness. Thank you for all that you are and all that you want for us.
please be with us this week. As we may be discouraged, as we may be wondering if you care, remind us of the power of looking to you even if those are the only words we say. Don't you care? May you be in our sights and not the storms that we are going through. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good week, everyone. We hope this message helped you to take the next step in your faith journey. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us Sundays at 11 a.m. You can find out more about us by going to mygrandvalley.ca.